Howdy, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Convincing Creatives Podcast. Uh, very excited for this one today. This is a really fun interview with Sydney Gale Emanuel. Sydney is an artist from New York. She is also an art director, a filmmaker. She has directed music videos and has also made an entire album. Sydney has done a variety of things, and I think that's what makes her a really cool guest to have on the show today. In addition to that, she also has a love for video games, and we chat a lot about video games, Kingdom Hearts specifically. If there's any Kingdom Hearts, fans out there i think uh y'all will really enjoy this episode a lot of kingdom hearts chat um but at the end of the day uh, we chat a lot about the importance of being a creative and balancing all the different things uh different balls that you have in the air as an artist that you juggle uh you know sydney has made an album she's made music videos that are you know extensions of filmmaking done art direction she's uh, currently a host with double tap gaming so talking about you know the output of creating youtube content and kind of how that balances into things as an artist. And I think it's just a really interesting conversation that uh, anyone who does uh, a variety of things, you know, a lot of times these days, everyone is a uh, artist slash whatever, you know, number of slashes you have, artist slash chef slash farmer slash this. Uh, I do that, you know, I'm not just a filmmaker, I do cinematography, I'm a drummer, uh, and you know, Sydney definitely shares that as well. So I think we chat a lot about, um, you know, how we're able to define ourselves and that we don't really have to at the end of the day. It's not really about any one thing uh, on our collective artistic journey. So without any further ado, I'm going to jump us right into the episode. Uh, but first, did you know I made a movie? It's called Panda Barrett. Yes, I got to plug it. Uh, it's over on Tubi TV for free. It's also on Amazon if you want to rent it or buy it, but you can stream it for free on Tubi TV and uh, highly suggest you do so. It's a wacky, wacky little movie we made right before the pandemic about a rapper and his imaginary friend, Panda Bear. So check it out if you get the chance. And without any further ado, for real this time, let's jump into the episode. Take us back. Uh, like what, what drew you first in like the creative world? Was it acting? Was it writing? Hmm. Interesting. Um, I feel like it was acting. I feel like when I was a kid, that was like my go-to form of expression. And it was just like, I don't know, like I was the annoying kid who was like, let me videotape everything. And like mom, dad, like, let me put a play on for the entire family at this family gathering that nobody wants to watch. Um, so I think that was first and foremost. And then that sort of transferred into like the production design and the art direction. And I started working in film and I went to school for film. Um, so I was like doing both and I still do both. So it was like film world. And then I kind of had the realization and epiphany post-college. I had put away like my childhood video gaming stuff. And I was kind of like, I'm an adult. But then I realized there is this whole world of gaming. And this is sort of when streaming and like Twitch was really coming alive too and, and gaining popularity. And I was like, damn, there's this whole world of YouTubers and YouTube hosting site and like all this all different stuff that was all about video games. And I was like, this is a great sort of like amalgamation of what I do with my acting background and like hosting, but then also just my love of video games. So I started originally at Frederator for their YouTube channel, The Leaderboard, and that rocked love the people there cool content it was very like i would say technical it was like 107 facts and timeline videos and it was cool because i was writing pitching and hosting for them so i was learning a ton like i was learning more than i'd ever learned about every console and like all this stuff and then that transferred into like double tap and it's been this weird sort of 
snowballing thing that like continues to happen because as soon as you know one person they kind of refer you to another person and they're like hey i saw you like double tap picked me up they were just like we saw your stuff do you want to host for us and i was like yes that rocks um and that again like the gaming the video gaming transferred into tabletop gaming and i always loved dungeons and dragons and then i got right. on glass cannon network and started doing that for that so it was it was mostly like i think every hobby which is maybe not good but like every hobby then i was like this is now my job um so <laughs> it, it is it's funny it's funny it's good yeah but bad <laughs> no 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 as creative people we tend to do that like i recently got back into like gamecube collecting speaking of video games and obviously like the pandemic has spiked those prices like crazy and so like gamecube collecting is just really annoying right now in a way that it never was before like because people are just reselling and flipping stuff um so it's it's kind of a hard system to collect for at the time uh but yeah i'd very much relate to that because i immediately after like doing some hunting i was like i feel like i need to make a vlog of this i need to make a video series of this and i'm like why do i feel that as a creative person i don't know why but i totally relate to what you're saying like it is yeah it somebody is asked me the question the other day there yeah they were like what do you do that is not for anyone else like is not for a job or like a side hustle it's not yeah. for the internet is not for like your instagram page what's a fun thing you do and i was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've been there yeah yeah it's it's interesting like yeah, the way you're so. saying going through like film school and rediscovering like video gaming i feel very much the same way like i went to film school um you know studied directing and cinematography and like you know that's what i do now is make films and shorts and music videos and stuff and i love it um and it's obviously like a creative exploration and it's like how i express myself but then i didn't play games the whole time i was like too my head was too buried in like french new wave and criterion and you know all that <laughs> crap that's wonderful but you know it's just not gaming and then like you said a couple years went by and i dusted off some old you know systems i had from childhood and then it like reignited my love of it and now i watch way more gaming youtube than i watch films and like it's weird like i don't understand that but it's Dude, just, I, yeah the transition and and even i don't know if it's an attention span thing too but like same like i i find myself leaning more into watching you know, YouTube videos or like streams of people that I really enjoy rather than going on like Criterion Collection and watching yeah. like a good movie, which is so yeah. sad, but. Well, you know, it, it is and it isn't. Like, I see what you're saying. Like, you know, it's it's weird because like the stuff on the film side of things definitely, I think aligns more with like uh, artistically what I want to say. But like, I think there is, uh, like you said, I think off camera before we started talking, like, this year with the pandemic, everyone's priorities have been just flipped on its head. And it's like, we don't always have to be making output and like creating things 24 seven. And like, you know, we have to give our brains time to rest. And I think sometimes, you know, that's the video game, but it, but it's like a hack. Cause in my little ADHD riddled mind, it makes me say, Oh, I'm accomplishing something when I'm playing. So it kind of makes me feel like I'm doing both. So. Are you a completionist, Evan? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> A little bit. I, I video when games? I, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I love to collect, like, all the little, uh, you know, collectibles and, you know, stones. I love platforming games. Like, I am, like, a child at heart. I love, I'm playing, uh, what's that game? Yoku. It's like a pinball game. It's like a platforming Word. indie pinball game. It's really fun. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's called Yoku's Island Express. I bought it on, like, the Switch eShop for, like, four bucks, like, two weeks ago. It was on sale. <laughs> And I was like, that seems very chill. I need something that's like, 
you know, relaxing for, you know, the end of the day. Uh, and it's like you play a platformer and he's got like a little marble or something. And then you go into platforming worlds, you dive into these pinball machines and then you play pinball and go back into the platform world. It's so fun. Highly recommend. Um, That's so cute. It, it yeah. kind of feels like Paper Mario or like Little Big Planet. Yes, very much. In a, in a different way. Yeah, right? very much like Little Big Planet vibes. Um, I, th- I think I'm going in reverse because as a teenager, I played nothing but first person shooters, nothing but RPGs and like Resident Evil and like all that stuff. So like I feel like in adulthood, I've, I'm going back to like more basic games, but they're fun at the same time. I don't know how to explain that long tangent aside nothing makes yeah. me feel older than yeah. like being my age now and and being like i just want to play pac-man you right. know like i just need a simple but i feel some i don't know I, I think the wonderful thing similarly to like film and video games is everybody has their genres that they love for different yes. reasons you know like you love horror movies when you're in a certain mood but you're not going to throw that on after a long stressful day so with video gaming it's like yeah sure maybe Maybe you do use COD to unwind with your boys and like, that's how you do it. But for me, I'm like, that's going to stress me out. I don't want to do that. I'm going to play a weird (laughs) puzzle game, you know, like that's going to make my mind go numb. So thousand percent. Yeah, that that is very accurate. Like what mood are you in, you know, for a certain movie, a certain game? I mean, really any type of art, music, um, ETC. Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely a great observation. Um, so like when you look back at it, like as a creative person, where do video games fit in your life? Obviously, you know, you're doing like hosting. And so like that's its own type of creativity, making videos for YouTube channels. Um, do you have a lot of time to play games personally to kind of like recharge yourself? Or is it, you know, just sort of another artistic avenue for you as like a host right now? It's funny. It's like when I was hosting Uh, I think the creativity came from the, like, the creation of the bits and, like, the collaboration with, like, the director. Like, at Double Tap, Brian and I, you know, would go back and forth on Slack and be like, what's a funny meme that we could throw in? Or, like, what do we think about this bit at the beginning? Just playing video games, definitely a way to unwind, which is sad because I don't feel like I've actually done that often. Um, Especially because during quarantine, I started streaming on Twitch, which I had wanted to do for a few years but I was so nervous and like didn't know where to start and I sort of had like a weird following from YouTube stuff and I didn't want to jump in and people be like you suck like we know you from YouTube and it turns out you suck at video games and people can be mean so I was just like I don't need to I don't need to stream I'm like I'm not a streamer but then during quarantine I like lost my mind and was like here's the perfect time to ease in really quietly nobody has to watch me I did not care I streamed I think my first like 10 streams were through my ps3 like through their Mm. broadcasting thing so it was horrible it was like the shittiest rig whatsoever um but then i got like a gaming pc and now i i just like stream when i can and i think that's creative for me because i choose the games you know interacting with the audience there's a bunch of bits that i do and it's really fun for me but i think i no longer do feel like a I would never, because I'm so busy, I don't pick up my controller to unwind. And I want to so badly. Yeah, like, I yeah, want to yeah. throw on my Switch and play, I don't know, like, Mario Party with my friends one night or Absolutely. something. But it's just, like, I don't, yeah. No, no, I t- completely understand. And I, um, you know, I, I went through this thing where in college I didn't play games, picked it back up a little bit afterwards, and then, you know, got into corporate work and music videos and, like, filmmaking stuff and commercials and like i just stopped playing games like and then it really wasn't until the pandemic 
where I started playing games again. So like games have like weirdly ebbed and flowed throughout different periods of my life. So like totally understand that. And I think it was during the pandemic when there was like nothing else to do, kind of like you were saying with streaming, I was like, I should play a game. And then I like played God of War for PS4 for the first time. And I was like, I've been missing out. Like I just had not been plugged into gaming at all. And like, you know, again, so it's just, it's been like a really fun way to dive back in and just see the creativity that goes into games because I think a lot of times people um and you may have encountered this you know going through acting and like kind of you know more traditional like artistic mediums like sometimes I think some people in those worlds may look down on gaming they're like oh that's not art you know that's not creative enough it's you know have you ever experienced that because I've seen that a couple times like Yeah. And like you said, I think there was a time period where I felt it too, like in college or when I was in the working world and I was trying to focus on it. I was like, yeah, video games are like a, you know, a side thing. But then once I started playing again and I felt the same way you did, I played um, Last of Us first during quarantine. And then the second game came out. It was like perfect timing for me. I like caught all the way back up and what a great game. But um, beautiful game. Yeah. I started to realize I was like, man, people do this to unwind people watch netflix to unwind people read books to unwind you know like you start to sound like the person who shits on other people when they're not reading a book because they're like watching youtube and it's like what doesn't it doesn't matter it's media intake and it's all different so yeah i think i think maybe from certain perspectives people would look at video games but also video games have like I feel like have surged back into like society and pop culture and they are way more relevant now than maybe they were and way less niche because there's so many different types, so many consoles now for people to explore and experience and way easier. Like every interface I feel like is way easier to just get into like the switch, for instance, it's so easy. Like anybody, a baby can pick up the switch and like figure out how to play a game. I think in a way, video games are becoming more inclusive in all ways, like in physically, like console wise, but then also gaming wise, just, way more inclusive stories and characters and diversity within that um so yeah i don't know i think and from an acting perspective too i would be i would be thrilled to get a vo part in a video game or wear like you know like the morph suit and do like the physical like are you kidding me i think all actors would be like hell yes and jumping at that opportunity so there definitely is crossover now that there maybe wasn't before No, no, a thousand percent. Like, I feel very much the same way. I know, I don't know enough about the design part of video gaming probably to be remotely qualified, but if there was ever an opportunity for me to, like, not direct a film, but instead direct a video game or write for a video game, like, I would relish that opportunity just because I think, like you said, there are so many more, you know, story-based games now, indie games, like developers, like, taking chances, doing things you just did not see 10 years ago, five years ago, I mean, so, yeah. And even like, it's funny, like episodic too. You yeah. made me like directing wise, it makes me think of Life is Strange yes, where it's like game. you could come in and do, and that would be so cool. I, I would love to see more stuff like that. And uh, if anyone listening knows indie game people, put us in <laughs> touch because I would love to chat, you know, figure that out. Because I think, again, there's just so many Evan's gonna direct, interesting gonna things. Act. Yes, we'll make this happen, manifesting it. Um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, well, again, it's just, it comes back to like, I think back to, and I promise I will get off video games in a minute. Um, I can <laughs> rant and rave about video games for entirely too long. Uh, but like, I think back to, you know, when I was in, like middle and high school and like the original Kingdom Hearts came out, like that was like my favorite Dude. game. Yeah. You like Kingdom Hearts? 
dope. Oh my god, one of my that. favorite game yes. franchises. Okay. Like, yes. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Um, well, I remember loving that game, and I would like hide that I liked that game because I felt like people would judge me for it in school. You know, because I went to school. I'm in North Carolina. You know, I mean, I love North Carolina, yeah. but at the time, like, you know, it just isn't a thing people talked a lot about. And uh, you know, I hid that. And then I remember I went to college, and there was like clubs where people talked about final fantasy and kingdom hearts and i was like what is this like and then you just see the world opening up now in ways like i don't think it did years ago and like there's whole fandoms for that and there's whole communities for that i still don't understand kingdom hearts like in terms of the story it makes no sense but (laughs) you know yeah dude i did a timeline video on kingdom hearts and i wrote the script and i still don't understand it i love that (laughs) okay send that to me i I need to see that yes I, I forward you to link. Yeah. I had such a, a similar experience though. Like there was, I think a kid on my bus who found out somehow that I liked Kingdom Hearts. Like I think I said that I was renting the second game, Kingdom Hearts 2 from Blockbuster. And he was just like, what? I was like, oh no. Oh, and he's like, yeah. you should join anime club. And I was like, my life is over. I'm in middle <laughs> school and this guy wants me to like join anime club. Yeah. But it was, you're right. It's like, I did hide it. And then I got... In co- like into college, I went to Comic Con and, and I was yeah. just like, oh damn, everybody's a nerd actually yes. in their mm-hmm. own special way. So it doesn't matter. And, and now you can make millions of dollars on Twitch streaming all the stuff you love. I mean, you know, not the easiest thing to do, make millions so of dollars, but you know, there's career paths out there. And I, and I, and I just, you know, right. say that to like young version of myself in 2004. Like, you know, that's just hilarious. And I would not even believed myself, you know, and the creative world would have come that yeah. far to do that. Um, okay, so I'll totally. get off video games for a moment. Um, I want to talk about your album, just the music video you made. I watched that. Uh, loved that, by the way. Very, very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I made an album. It's called A People Person. It's a self-titled album. My sort of like moniker for music is A People Person. I actually went through months of trying to decide if I should use my name or make a moniker because of this exact like reason for your entire podcast is sort of like <laughs> creatives and the mul- the multiple things they do and yeah. you reach a point where you're like damn if someone googles my name or looks on my website there's you know five tabs there's so there's a lot of stuff going on so I wanted to make the music a little bit more separated and for not sure. have people just like see see my face and then you know so it's called a people person and uh Matthew Politowski produced it and he is a ma- an amazing musician and like an amazing person and worked with me for I mean like I wrote some of the songs in 2016 like like really really early skeletons like random chords random lyrics and then worked on them on my own and then eventually he was like listen you shouldn't make this like a lo-fi bedroom album I should work with you and you should like fully produce this as an album album and, and put it out and I was like, man, that's crazy because I'm not a musician. I don't really know how to do that. I'm very scared. Like At the time, I, I was very scared to be vulnerable with music. Um, but he was just so cool, so amazing to work with. And we took a very long process of fleshing out the songs, mixing them, mastering them. But once the album was fully done, I was sitting on it. And pre-quarantine, I had like three different music video ideas i was setting up all these things and then like quarantine hit and i was like okay putting a pin in that sitting on the album even more there's a lot of stuff going on in the world and i was like i don't feel right putting music out right now it's just like a weird time so i sat on it even longer and 
towards, I think, November I of 2020, um, I got my friend who is a wonderful director and DP, Mateo Marquez, who I've worked with before, me production designing, him directing. And I was like, hey, dude, I will do you a favor. I will production design whatever your next film is. If you do me a favor and you DP this music video that I've created uh, and color it. And I showed him the sets that I built. I built all these miniature sets and like this miniature dollhouse. And then he was like, this is great. You know, what's what's the story? What's the thing? And I'm like, okay, we're going to shoot all of it. And then we're going to set it on fire. And he's like, that's crazy. Okay. So we did it. And it was great. And it was a lot of fun. And it was the whole album was a real big learning experience just for like my own patience, my own learning about music production and my own, I guess, like stepping into my own skin of taking ownership and being like, I wrote these songs, you know, and like, I may not be a musician on paper, quote unquote, but like, I can still make music. I can put music out. Everybody does it. Everyone's got a SoundCloud, you know, a band yeah. camp. So I think I really got over myself in a lot of ways by being like, I'm putting it out. I made a music video. I think it's dope. If people listen, great. If they don't, it's not like I'm touring and, and losing money or something. So it felt very, I think because of quarantine, it felt really low stakes and like low stress. And it made it so much more enjoyable to just put an album out that I personally felt proud of. And I think it's rare as a creative person to truly 100% back some of your projects because you always have like imposter syndrome or looking back, you wish you did things differently. Um, so I think putting out the album was cool for me because I was like, you know what? I did it. I wrote some of those songs in 2016. Do I agree with them? Do I feel them now? Maybe not, but like, I'm proud of what I did for them. Uh, so yeah, so the music, it's interesting. I'm working on some stuff right now, uh, with a friend, just some demos and stuff, but, uh, I'm already like going in a different direction, you know, yeah. like I'm just like done with the album and I sat on it for so long and it's only been out for less than a year but i'm just like oh, i'm done with it yeah no sometimes <laughs> Throw it in the trash. sometimes you just got to get it out there like you said i mean that's yeah. crucial i mean uh do you feel like had quarantine not happened the album may you know would still be kind of in the vault or do you feel like eventually you would have got to it or i mean i know that's yeah, a weird I what if dropped it. But... yeah i definitely would have dropped it but i think there would have been so much more pressure then for people to to be like, when are you going to tour, right. you know, like play these songs live. And the truth is there's no band. Like it's called a people person. And I guess that's a band, but Matt and I played on everything. I mean, he played like the lead lines and we would play the drum parts. And then he would even take the drums he played live and ch like chop them up and fill them in. Like he's a really good producer. So there was a lot of production yeah. behind the scenes, but like, yeah, even now people ask me all the time, like, are you going to play these songs? Are you going to do stuff? And it's so hard because I'm like, man, I don't have anyone to, you know, I'd have to make a band and that's a whole thing. And, you know, yeah. so there's uh, there's things definitely for the future. I'd love to play live. That being said, I would love to play live. But um, it's funny. It's like the album is an entity and then the playing live is an entirely different entity that doesn't exist oh, yes. right now. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think I would love to make another music video. And I actually have a different project with a friend that's elect more electronic, yeah. uh, sort of ambient electronic, and it's called Body Drama. And we just put out an EP only like two months ago. And I think because that's a bit fresher, I might just creative wise make a music video for that and yeah. try to push myself uh, for that project. Sweet. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the that's- cat is walking across no, the No, hello desk. to the cat. We, 
like that's the best part of zoom podcasts is like cats and dogs saying hello <laughs> it's the best uh, goodbye hero <laughs> um but no no like live events i mean obviously not happening in the capacity that they would normal i mean that's very relatable like during quarantine um i had this feature film called panda Barra that i shot with my friend who's a rapper and we like made original music for it and you know we acted and it's about like a rapper who hallucinates a panda bear and it, and it was gonna be great because we we're gonna have like the panda bear come to the screening and like do a show with the movie premiere and it was gonna oh be like God. so fun and then obviously quarantine happened and so we never got to do it and then we sat on the movie for so long and we did like the virtual film festivals and then after almost a year we just like dropped the movie on like Tubi for streaming and that was it like you said just like get it out there um you know maybe one day we'll do like an ass backwards screening where it's like even though the movie's been out forever maybe we'll screen it and see who shows up but like you know, at a certain point, you can't not do something or release something just because, you know, you can't tour it live or you can't do a live show or screening or what have you. I mean, that's such a cool part of being an artist is because I feel like it's one of the times that, like, we get slightly validated for what we're doing. And, you know, I'm not going to say that's the only reason we do it, but it like it's a little bit of a like refreshing boost of like oh it's nice to see people care that you know the 10 people showed up to this yeah. you know and that is nice uh yeah. but you know at a certain point you do have to move forward with your next thing and that's awesome that it sounds like you've got you know another project lined up to keep you creative because I know for myself like that that's been helpful is like you know writing a new script or just like doing little steps to like make a YouTube video just to keep yourself going through the pandemic I mean do you find that that you do that? I know that I do this I definitely do because I think I think it's like a brain worm where if I don't have like a running list of little things that I should work on like every so often, even if it's completely like you said, like I do have ADHD brain where I like pick up the guitar and then I'm like, okay, I got to put the guitar down and get back to these emails. And, you know, <laughs> but I, at least I always yeah. feel like I'm working on something a little bit. Do you find that you do that too? You'll like write something for a day and then like jump back to it a week later. Yes. I have two scripts that I'm ping ponging back and forth between and I, have never really done that before until recently and uh i've also got like another you know written word project i'm trying to put together and like i'm trying to force myself to play drums more it's like something i used to do all the time and then you know quarantine happened and i was like i have all the time in the world and then i played video games <laughs> and so you know now i'm trying <laughs> to play drums more and and drums are awesome and like they help relieve stress but then there's a part of me that's like oh it's been a few years since I played a show with a band I wonder if I should like do that again and so it's like you know your brain always is like or at least my brain is uh trying to like solve this puzzle of like how can I be creative you know not not to like make things and be famous but it's it's just always trying to put projects together in ways that may or may not make sense so I'm curious too because I, I think people ask this question a lot especially when I say I'm an actor not so much for production design because I also think people don't know what that is so I say production design for film and like their eyes go blank and they just go cool but I think as an actor um people are always like oh so you know do you want to be famous one like it's a choice and two I I always feel like well no not really that actually seems like the bad end of success is that you also have to deal with then you know being this person who can't leave their apartment anymore um but do you use a certain word like i find myself i i say success like i my goal is to be successful for the project for this career or whatever but i find i also say 
fulfilled. And I always come back to that and I'm always like, do I feel fulfilled by doing this project? Do I feel fulfilled by taking this on? Do you, do you have a word you use or do you agree? No, I, I do agree. I think fulfilled is a good word. I think a lot of times we say success because um, we just live in this like capitalist society that that's just what we, you know, attribute like money or, you know, a promotion and like, you know, things that are obviously good and, you know, help people do things in life, no doubt. But, you know, I think fulfillment, I, I love the way you said that. That's actually a really, I think, uh, empowering way to say that, that empowers the person who's making the thing. I was just curious because I find yeah. that I, I lean more on fulfilled like a little crutch sometimes and i'm like i don't know if that's good or bad i think it's i think it's I think hard it's good -ish, to, to try you know. to yeah yeah okay i better don't know than to success me. maybe better than the capitalistic well yeah i mean here's my thing with success i feel like so like with panda barrett i i have a like complex in my brain to this day even though we never got to screen it of it's still not fully complete even though the film has been done forever and i know it's fully complete and like it's, you know, gotten like a little bit of buzz more than any of my other films. I'm not going to say it's a huge success, but like in the eyes of myself a few years ago, I would be really stoked with where it's at right now. But just because I didn't do a certain thing, my brain kind of holds that back mm. as a creative. And so I'm trying to like get better at letting that go. And it's definitely a process. And, you know, like we talked about earlier, I think what helps is not sitting with it for too long and dwelling. I think it's better to like say... Uh, you know, I'm an artist. I want to go make another insert thing, you know, and like whether that's a written poem or, you know, a song or another film, YouTube video, uh, you know, top 10 gaming video, like anything. I mean, it can it can be like, seriously, I, I made a video on my YouTube channel uh, about like my like overrated, underrated cinematic video games. And that was the most fun I had with the video and forever because like all the other videos on my channel were like film philosophy and they were so serious and like that was fun but i was like what what does cinematic mean let's throw that in the video game world and it just felt like oh this was just a fun thing and so you know i'm trying to get better at like yeah you know uh i'm rambling but like just get better at like organizing my brain to a point where i feel like i'm doing something and i'm kind of getting lost in it versus like checking off a list but being organized is important too to be fair so i don't know where totally. i went with that long totally. train oh thought, i'm but yeah <laughs> no I, yeah. But I feel I feel you like it's I don't know you you sometimes fall into the, the pattern of like you know like you said the organization of like okay well I gotta do this I gotta do this this sticks with you know especially on YouTube it's like this sticks with the brand of like what I do and algorithms and blah 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 but yeah it, it is really great when you take on a project or come up with an idea where all of a sudden it's like reading a good book like you blink and then it's been three hours and you like haven't moved you haven't eaten you haven't done you haven't checked your phone so I think uh I can truly tell when I love a script or like love a film and I'm doing like sourcing for props and stuff for it where all of a sudden I'm like oh dinner time like I started yeah. at noon you know like I'm really having a good time so yeah. I feel you I feel you on that yeah no and, and it's great when you can get lost in something and I think you know Obviously, time management is important, but, you know, I think that uh, as you go, I find that as you get into things, and at least for me, it may not be true for everyone, like, as you kind of level up in your craft, you get more, more better. And so, you know, you're, you're doing things, <laughs> uh, you know, in ways that, like, you would be proud of yourself a couple years ago for what you're doing now, but you're also moving faster, so you're not absorbing moments, you're not in the present as much, you're not saying, wow, I'm delighted by the 
the frame, you've already framed up your shot and you're thinking three shots, you know, down the the road in your production schedule. So, you know, I, I find that I try to really bring myself back to like be present as much as I can in the artistic process. Yeah. And also you reminded me too, that like the thinking ahead and three shots down the road, uh, what you were saying about letting go of a project yeah. or, you know, whatever it is, feeling like you're complete and like putting the brush down or accepting it for what it is at the end of its little journey. I feel that way with acting and production design and art direction because I am a piece of a much larger puzzle. You know, I am not the director. I'm not the editor. And once I do my role, I really have no say on how that turns into a final product. So I think like as an actor, I am constantly having to let go and give my trust to the director and to the DP and know that like the shot's going to look good and give my trust to whoever wrote the script and, you know, trust that it's all going to make sense in the end. And then the final product, I have to just like accept that that's how I did. You know, I don't get to choose what shot they pick. I think like maybe I will remember like, I, you know, I they chose that take, really? Like I thought I did much better. <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, as an actor, it's like a weird thing where sometimes it's been like two years. Like I have a film that I did and I'm so excited about it. I did it o over two years ago. We shot it on location in Peru. I acted cool. in it. I like auditioned, had two callbacks. It was like this crazy experience. I flew out there. I was there for like a month, like living in Peru. It was so cool. And I have no idea when the film is coming out. Like they're still trying to work on post-production yeah. funding. There was a lot of, a uh, lot of um, morph suit, like CGI stuff. It's a horror film. Okay. Um, so they're like still trying to get post-funding. Right. And I'm like, damn, I have nothing to show for this you know i worked really hard and i'm so proud it's a really weird feeling to be like i'm so proud but i have nothing to to put on my reel or to even show my mom you know so yeah. it's like i just have to let go i have to yeah. let go and like when the project comes out it comes out but it's a it's a real tough place to be in for a creative i think it is like I, and i have a lot of um like sympathy to actors like I'm, I'm not an actor i'm the one cutting scenes and trimming down stuff and you know and i always think about that when i'm cutting scenes down and like i've done that a couple times where there's you know a great performance but it's my fault because i wrote a scene that just like writing brain me thought it would be great but then once i get it in the you know cut I'm like, it doesn't serve the film as much as I thought it did. And then you're in that point where you're like, you don't want to cut it, but you you know might shave it down. And so, yeah, it's it's always like a balancing act. And, um, you know, I, I have a lot of uh, admiration, I think, is, is probably a better word to people who just, like you said, can just go do the thing and just kind of let it be. Because you don't yeah. know, you know, when the movie will be done or you know when things will be ready and so it's like putting uh, like a message in a bottle like you know whatever the frustration is whatever the emotion is it's like you're, you're doing it you're putting the song or you know writing something you put it in the bottle and you just give it a good throw and it's in the ocean and it's kind of done you know I think that's the yeah, best way I can look and at a it. lot of the times you know like I'll I'll open back up a notebook or like my phone notes or something and I'll I'll read what I had kind of jotted down at the time and a lot of the time I'm like, yikes, this one <laughs> sucks. And I just like delete it. Yeah. But sometimes there's like a little yeah. gem in there. There's one line that's good. Or I like the way that I phrase something. That's when I like take that and actually turn it into something that I, I think is could be something. Uh, so it works sometimes. No, and, and you have to work the process to make it work. And like, you know, 
like you said, it comes out one way or the other uh, creativity. And, you know, that can be sitting down at a table and being like, I will write for the next hour. LOL, because I don't do that enough. But, you know, (laughs) for me, it's like these sporadic things where it's like, I'll be, you know, doom scrolling for three hours or like five, you know, minutes into a video game, I'll pause and then I'll go write something for 20 minutes. And again, I think it's just my self-diagnosed ADHD brain, but you know, it's just the way that I work and over time it builds into things. And, you know, and when I can really lock into like, uh, you know, and lose myself kind of like we were talking about earlier when you were like doing production design and, uh, also directing the music video that you did, I think that's interesting because it's also like a song you wrote so you really manifested that project where i know you talked about a lot of times you had to wait for someone to give you a project with production design so could you walk through like why that's important because uh i i know for me as like an indie filmmaker like that is the only way a lot of times i can make work is if i just like sit down and you know call someone up and trade a favor or like make something happen Totally. Yeah. And self-motivation is like such a big part of being a creative and and it's really difficult at times, but sometimes it comes easily. And I think the idea for the music video did come easy, maybe because it was mine. Like it was all my concept. It was my song. And I felt like I didn't have to consult anybody else. You know, I didn't need a director's opinion. I was the director. I didn't need an, an art opinion. Like I came up with the concept. Um, So I think I felt like I could just work on it kind of maybe in the way that you work on writing where it's like, I will, you know, sit down to do this and tomorrow I'll start on this part of it. And the next day, you know, I'll do this. But what's crazy is originally the idea was similar, but different. And I had done like a whole spec, different music video, similar concept, different band. And they were into it and it was cool. And then they just dropped and couldn't do it and money and like the band mm. broke up and it, it, it I'm no hard feelings but I was like oh okay and then I just still had the idea like buzzing around my head and this was before I even wrote this song um but I was like you know what I'm just gonna keep building these sets like I was having fun with the miniatures it was like my really first time working with miniatures and I kind of love miniatures now and it was just so funny to be on eBay and shopping for like dollhouse furniture my yeah. ebay search results were super weird for a very long time <laughs> but i would be like miniature easel like childhood childhood bedroom miniature rug so that was fun and it was like kind of soothing for me after mm-hmm. a day I, at the time i was working as like a barista i was a stable hand at a horse farm and i was a vet assistant at a clinic and i just like worked three jobs it was totally stressed and i would come home and go to my workbench in the basement and like build a small kitchen and it was wonderful um and there was no goal there was like a goal a vague goal and then once I wrote the song and started to form my album I was like this has got to be it this has got to be like the music video for the single and then I was like in between what should be the single it was a weird process it was never like I wrote the song and had the music video it was always like this dance between other songs and ideas um but then I chose shadows on the wall as the single And I was like, this can work. I can make this work. Like, this can look cool for this song. I'll figure it out. And um, yeah, I just like had built all the sets out. And I think I actually had pretty much like everything ready to go pre-quarantine because I was ready to shoot a bunch of music videos. 
So then I was not only like sitting on the album, but I was sitting on all these weird sets of miniature stuff and I like had no goal to film it. I wanted to do it all right. You know, I didn't want yeah. to film it with my iPhone and just drop it on YouTube. So I really, I was surprised at the amount of patience that I had for a lot of things during quarantine. I just surprised myself um, yeah. with how I became adaptable to situations. I think the music video is one of the things that I'm most proud of because it is a project that I saw through yeah. from start to finish and we talked about that yeah right. with like you know you want it to end the way you you envision right. like the release and everything and it just like from conception to execution to release i really felt like i did the best that i possibly could um which is rare for me so yeah i'm i'm wicked proud of shadows on the wall definitely yeah no you should be it's it's a great video and i think Thank um you. it shows and like you know, I think it's 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 cool, like what we talked about earlier of just like letting things go, because like literally you spent all the time, you, you took all the time, you bought all the miniatures, uh, you have like probably eBay packages all over your house and you finally assemble the product and, and you shoot it and then you burn it all down, literally, like literally burn it all down. And I think, you know, yeah. metaphorically that sometimes is important, like, you know, let it go. Like It was so sad, Evan, yeah. too, because some of the people... I like I built a lot of the stuff, but I needed specific like miniatures that were well done. So they looked good on camera and I forget what it was. It was like a bed or an armoire or something. And this sweet, sweet woman on eBay, like left a note when it got delivered. That was like, I'm so happy that someone is taking like this vintage dollhouse <sighs> furniture. And I was like, oh, no, mm. I'm going to destroy it. But but it's just uh, like you said. It was very cathartic. It was yeah. part of the process and the the I didn't even think about that, but yeah, like the letting go. It's like you work yeah. so hard and uh and then it's gone. It's it's very right. ephemeral. So Yeah, no, and I think that's that's crucial. And I and I find that like with artists, a lot of times we get um whether we want it to or not, it's just kind of the way, you know, uh universities or systems or museums or anything you're always thinking like how will this be perceived over time will people care about it what is the lasting impact and like those are cool questions to have if you're a historian but i think as an artist we can't get too caught up on that and that is so much easier said than done but you know but yeah like who knows what the next thing is like nobody knew that twitch streaming was going to take off in the way that it did so it's like who knows where the music industry is going to go? Will YouTube be the place where we put out our music videos? I don't know. Yeah. It, mine could disappear. YouTube could die. You know, like it could go down like Vine went down and you'll never recover what was lost and it's gone to the Internet. I think what you said is super important to to be able to be present in the moments of creation and to be able to accept and give yourself a pat on the back. You know, a lot of the times nobody else will do it for you. It's nice when people say that you're good and I'm forever grateful for people who have told me that about work that I've done but there does need to come like the self-worth also needs to come from within and you need to say like hey bud you did good you can step away you know one kind of question to land the plane so to speak what do you feel like working several jobs or gigs or like you know doing writing doing acting doing musicianship like I think you're an interesting guest on the show because I think a lot of our listeners may fall into this as well, where they're not just doing one thing. And I think doing one thing is kind of becoming more and more rare today. And do you feel like you have a uh, knowledge of why that is? Is it just the way uh, the you know world is right now with gigs? Is it just, we all have so many more influences. So in a way we're all 
leveling up to be more interesting artists because we're doing multiple things? Like, what, what do you kind of take from that? That's really interesting. I, I think I always used to feel like I had to choose. Like in high school, you know, I yeah. think the, the college track and the thing that they kind of push is you. Well, I mean, it's insane when you think about it, too, where high school, you, you pick what college, you know, you apply and you get to go to college um, if you get in. And then they basically make you choose your track and choose like your future major and you can change it and stuff but they put you literally on a railroad towards that goal and i'm like you are 17 or 18 how the fuck do you know what you want to do so i think for me i always felt like i was doing the wrong thing and spreading myself too thin by having so many interests and i kept telling myself like as you get older you know you'll you'll realize you want to do one thing more than the others and as i got older i realized that was not happening and i loved things equally and then I even wanted to do more things and I was excited about other things and I think once you lose the mindset and I think a lot of it is because career-wise now there are so many qualifications that are expected of you for any given like entry-level job and it didn't used to be like that it, it was like if you went to college and you could type you know you got a job like that's how right. it was and now it's just like well sure you have a bachelor's but do you know all of adobe and also do you know like after effects and you know motion and all and it's like damn i went to film school and i don't right. know that stuff like what you know so yeah. it's crazy to think that i can be this well i think of my, i went to a liberal arts college i'm well-rounded i'm a i am a bouncing basketball <laughs> but like i felt really insecure about my qualifications for so many corporate jobs and like yeah. entry-level jobs and I think that's why I leaned into freelance because I'm like, I can do what I do well and I will do it for every little job that I possibly can. And I think everybody now feels like they, uh, somebody said some word and I hated it, but it was like a, a combination of like um, a producer, a writer, an editor and something that it was like a made up, it feels very mm. capitalistic. It was like a made up <laughs> word, like exec, exec. I don't even know. Yeah. But they were like, yeah, that's what the job description was. And I was like, that sucks. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that sh oh. it shouldn't be like that. It's too much pressure. But uh, just, yeah, so yeah. maybe, yeah, maybe it's the pressure. Maybe everybody needs needs to be uh, aware of many hats because that is what is being asked of them or what they think is being asked of them. So I don't know the reason for this like shift on a large scale, but I think on a small scale, mine just came from like, I'm going to do as many freelance projects as I can that fit into each of my niche loves and hobbies. And it turns out that there was a job, you know, for each of the things that I started going towards. Um, and I, I lucked out in many ways with with things that I've been able to do. Um, but it doesn't always feel good. I, I think there is this need and want sometimes for a simple nine to five or a more reliable paycheck or, or schedule. Um, so definitely pros and cons. Absolutely. Could I take a vacation anytime I want? Yeah. But do I have money somewhere sitting for me when I get back? No. <laughs> and a lot of times as artists, we're like, oh, we'll just put that money into a project, not a vacation and nothing wrong exactly. with that. It's but exactly. This is the way a lot of artists do. And I've done that. And, you know, it, it is, we are often overdue for a vacation, but, um, yes. no, that's a, that's a great answer. And I very much relate to like, see, I remember seeing video gigs for like, uh, you know, video creators for companies and it would be like, you'd think it's just shooting and editing and it would be like, it'd be great if you could also mix all the audio and plan all the shoots. And it, and it would be a bonus if you could animate. And I'm like, there's like an entire major 
at my art school that was just animation. I'm like, what yeah. is that? Like, like a bonus? And then they're like, like, and we'll give you a stipend. They're like, we'll give you a Metro card and a stipend. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you're not even paying? Like, it's like right. the, some of the stuff was like $18 an hour. And I was like, that's insane that you're yeah. asking that. Yeah, no, it's 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 the Wild West out there, truly. Um, but no, I think I think that answer makes a lot of sense because, you know, as we internalize like all the things we're doing, I think it is sometimes, you know, a reaction to the world that we're, you know, navigating as artists, but also like a combination of the good part, which is also just fulfilling needs and niches and just finding out what makes you happy. And like the only way to do that as an artist and like there's no timeline or age that you need to do this by is like just trying things out. Do you like this? Do you not like that? And, you know, that that's just the way the cookie crumbles a lot of times. If you have the time and the capacity to like continue working on whatever is your craft, do it and do it for no one. Like if you're able to, if, if you can uh, paint on your own or, you know, just like do little creative things on your own. Like we said, your little creative mm -hmm. like to do list of things. Yep. Keep doing it. And I find that some of the best work comes out of those moments rather than the pressure of a project. And I think my other advice would be take the pressure off to make this your entire life. You know, like your life will be filled with other things and you'll be fulfilled by other things. Um, and I'm learning that too. I'm learning to not wholly rely on like the worth of my work and what I put out into the world creatively to be all that there is for me. I'm like, I can enjoy a sunset. I can go out to dinner. I can, you know, live a normal life. Um, and I think it's really important to remind yourself of that because you can get really wrapped up, especially when it, other outside factors like income and finances and family and, and other pressures in your life. Um, you can sort of like get tunnel vision about that. So I would say keep doing it and um, also take a breather and uh, take the pressure off and just have fun while you do it. Sydney, where can people keep up with you and find your work if they are uh, so inclined? Yeah, if you want to find my work and, and see my, my actual stuff, sydneygale.com, S-Y-D-N-E-Y-G-A-Y-L-E.com. That's got all types of stuff on it. If you want to just follow me um, on Twitter, it's Soccer Mom Sid, and on Instagram, it's Sydney Gale. I don't use Twitter for most of my professional work. If you want to see my tweets, go ahead. And Instagram, sometimes I post my professional work and, uh, and photos. So go ahead. Awesome. Sweet. Well, thank you again for being on Convincing Creatives. We really appreciated it. And uh, we'll see yeah. you all in the next thank episode. Thank you, Evan. Yeah. Totally. yeah.